of rumblings. Got a lot of rumblings, Cart. Uh, welcome, everyone. Who's so high on rumblings. W- welcome, everyone who's not in here to the Multiplicity Morning Show. <laughs> uh, we're, we're talking NBA Draft rumblings today. Carter Elliott is with me. And I just invited some people. So if you're listening to this on Spotify, I apologize. What up, Max Weezy? Uh, I'm just going to invite people up to speak in case they can and or want to come up. Cart, what up, Max? How you doing? Doing well. Give me one second. For sure. Uh, All right. So last night, Nima and I recorded... Uh, an episode of a new show that is NBA draft centric. Nima is an NBA expert as far as the draft goes. And I think we're going to do like two or three of these episodes where he goes in depth on his big board. Uh, I think that's going to come out a week from yesterday. So the night the lottery is actually released, but it was pretty educational for me. Like Nima worked with the G league this past year. So kind of my blind spot with all these prospects leading up to the draft is the G league guys. Like I've seen highlights, but I haven't watched a ton of live action of them. Uh, and he's, he's really high on a handful of them. He had three G league guys in lottery range for him, uh, including a surprise name that is not Jaden Hardy in his top five that I don't want to reveal until that episode comes out. But uh, it was crazy. I know who it is. Yeah. He, he likes a base. I would consider like a, an unheralded G League guy, better than he liked Bari's, which is yeah, a little. I know, I know who it is. Which is wrong. What, well, yeah, what which, is, which is wrong. Which is wrong, by the way. So what? Flat out wrong. What's like? What do you think of that? That take? It seems crazy to me. So, I it it piqued my interest because. And I, if, if it's the guy that I think that he's talking about, first of all, I don't want to go off on a tangent if I'm wrong. But if I, if I, it's who I think it is, um, like I, it, it just piqued my interest because I heard Nima talk about him before. And I know, I forgot what I was like watching or listening to. Um, but I mean, yeah, like he's like, for me, I think, I don't know about like, I don't know about like top five either, but like I think, you know, that's the skill set of like being. Can I can I say who who I think it is, or no? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, because it's not going to make sense if I just start describing it and nobody knows what I'm talking about. Dyson Daniels, right? It is Dyson Daniels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, <laughs> so, I apologize to Nima for breaking that here, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, like, like I mean, it's. He's, you know, the, 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 the big, you know, versatile guard that can, you know, pass. Um, um, like I don't, I, I don't have like his shooting splits in front of me right now, so I can't speak to that. But like, I, I get why, you know, that type of archetype and type of player, um, you know, makes, wouldn't make sense. Um, we've kind of seen different versions of that come out in the last few drafts, which is kind of weird. Um, you know, at different levels, obviously Lamelo, K, Josh Giddy, um, and so I guess Dyson Daniels is like the next version of that in this draft. Um, so I don't know, like from like I, I have not even begun to really like, you know, dig into like watching film or like getting into into draft stuff. I probably will after the lottery balls um, are decided, but. You know, I I, I kind of see it, but you know, top five, I would have to you know do some more research. But like, I kind of get where Nima would be excited about a player like that, and not just Nima, by the way, like anybody. But like, yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Not to uh, sort of spoil because that's a good portion of the episode. It's going to come next week, but essentially, Nima had him fourth on his big board. He had Jabari Smith fifth. He had Jaden Ivy third, and then. Uh, he had the big two at the top. And when I push back on it a little bit, I'm like, so essentially you're telling me like if your team had the fifth pick in the, or the fourth pick in this draft, you would think it's a good move for them to take Dyson Daniels over Jabari Smith? And he was like, well, no, definitely not. 
So, like, <laughs> there's a little discrepancy there. He's like, I mean, realistically, he's going to get picked, like, at the end of the lottery. I just think he's actually the fourth best prospect in the draft. But I I kind of push back on that. Like, I, I felt like it was a little bit of a, uh, you know, splashy de- decision there to push, like, hey, I'm being different, which I think a lot of the NBA mock draft people do. And Nima knows his shit. So, like, I... I, he obviously has good reasons for that. He did talk me into Dyson a little bit. Like, I was watching highlights after last night, and, you know, he, he was completely off my radar going in. Now I'm like, oh, maybe he's an end-of-lottery type guy. But, uh, yeah, you don't take a, a 6'8 wing slash kind of guard who shot 25% from three on 30 or three-plus attempts a game over Jabari fucking Smith. Like... <laughs> That's insane. Thank you. Thank you. There, there's making a splash and then there's just being wrong. Like that's that's if you're a GM and take Dyson over Jabari, you either want to get fired or you're the GM of the Kings. Like there's there's I'm I'm not listening to any argument, to be honest with you. Like I love Nima and I love that. You know, I love Dyson Daniels, too, by the way. Just if anybody is picking Jabari or picking Dyson Daniels over Jabari Smith, then they need to be checked out. There's something wrong. I also watched four different Dyson Daniels highlight videos after this, like scouting report type stuff on YouTube. And the first 30 seconds of all of them were just catch and shoot jumpers. And again, like if you're a 25% shooter from three and the majority of your highlight reel is catch and shoot jumpers, like what are we doing here? Like that's not who Nima told me he was, but that was like the bulk of the highlights that I saw from this- this probably doesn't mean anything, but he did look pretty good in the Rising Stars game. <laughs> I will say that. Like, he did jump off the page for me in that game. But that, obviously that, that probably means nothing, but I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> oh, it means something for sure. Uh, yeah, that's why I, I, I kind of enjoyed doing the show with Nima, and I, I hope people listen to it because it was kind of a nice contrast of, like, I am clearly pro-college guys. Like, I, I lean heavily in my evaluations of them because I've seen them. And then Nima, I feel like it's the same way with G League. So it made for some interesting discussion. Uh, and I think the more years that we go by with this G League Ignite program going on, like, it'll be kind of fascinating to look back and see how those guys do. Because, like, a guy like Jaden Hardy, for example, I mean, he was consensus top, what, four guy coming into this draft class. And now late lottery, maybe. So I I think even though like maybe it's helped elevate some of the uh, off the radar guys, I don't know that it's doing the most for the the big prestigious guys, but also it's a case by case basis that could just be Hardy specific instead of a full blown conspiracy with how the ignite helps elevate these guys draft stock. Um, All right. So we'll, we'll be here for about an hour. We got like 50 minutes left. Uh, I do want to kind of just go through the lottery and then maybe some prospects that uh, you guys like beyond the lottery and max, I didn't give you any heads up on this. So feel free if you uh, feel free to contribute as much as you want to, or as little as you want to here. Um, But I do want to start with uh, the Michigan, Michigan state rumblings. That's why this room is called rumblings card. Caleb Houston is not participating in the NBA draft combine. He was invited to the NBA draft combine. He's one of two prospects that have chosen not to participate. The other is Chris Murray, Keegan Murray's brother, Iowa Hawkeye uh, specialist. People expect that Chris Murray is returning to school. People expect that Caleb Houston has been given a promise. (laughs) Yeah, that's my reaction too, Cart. Like, Givoni is reporting that Caleb Houston likely has been promised that he will be picked in the NBA draft has refused to now participate in the combine and will maybe not even work out for teams because he's going somewhere. Uh, he's currently on consensus mock drafts from the biggest experts in the sport. He's in the 60s on mock drafts. It's not a guarantee this kid's getting drafted. Now, if a team tells you you're getting drafted and you are mocked in the 60s, yeah, probably a smart move to go, but... Uh, I just can't fathom how an NBA team would give this kid a promise. And I can't imagine it's a first round promise. So if you're if you're Caleb Houston or Caleb Houston's camp and you got a mid to late second round promise, are you really going to the draft? Because what happens if a better player falls to that team? Like, 
I, I don't know that a promise means much to a team that wants to pick you in the 50 range. Uh, Cart, this is insane to me. What do you think? Yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of with Coy uh, on this one. That was kind of the point I was going to bring up. There, There's nothing that he could gain from going to the draft combine. I think he'll test terrible. He's extremely slow. He's not athletic. Um, I bet you even his body measurement stuff wouldn't be that great. He's not necessarily that strong. His body fat percentage would probably be really high. Three cone sprint. I think everything like that would be terrible. And then as far as five on five, <laughs> shit, with the way he played this year, I don't know if that'd be any good either. Like he, his stock is at an all time low right now. And it could, it could possibly even go lower when they see how bad he would test because he would test terribly. So I don't think it's a promise. I think it's a – I'm not going to go there and embarrass myself. Maybe maybe they won't look into the other stuff, but, yeah, nah. Then, uh, no way he has a promise. BJ Boston did that last year. He, uh, he didn't say in the combine, then everyone was like, you're a fucking idiot because you played terribly all year. You should have gone in the combine. And then he slipped to, what was it, 51? I know that was Sharif. They slipped, like, late first round. Or at least, like, late second But wasn't round. he projected there? BJ? Yeah, not to start the year. It was similar. To oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not talking about starting the year. I'm talking about by the end of the year. He was already in that range, wasn't oh, it? Oh, I mean, yeah, but so is so is Houston. Like Houston's currently like late second round undrafted. BJ was more like early second round. Yeah, uh, BJ was so much better than Caleb, though. Yeah, but like, but like <laughs> Caleb he, was he so bad. To, he didn't go to the combine. And he still slipped like 15, 16 spots. Like Caleb oh, yeah. not going to the combine when you're seen as like a consensus late second round pick right now right it's, it, at least i think at least bj measurably wise would have tested well oh like yeah. houston's at will actually test terribly and also like i don't know bj just seems like a better player <laughs> he is <laughs> he's just a so, this, that's why I think he has a promise, though, for a couple reasons, which, again, it's insane. It's pure insanity that any team would promise him anything. But uh, first of all, Gavoni's the one who mentioned promise. And Gavoni has been the closest relationship-wise reporter to Houston since he was in high school. He broke a lot of his commitment stuff. Uh, like, if there's anyone who knows anything about the inner workings of Caleb Houston, it's Gavoni. So for him to go on a limb and say – probably a promise here is either some positive PR he's doing for a kid he likes and, or that's a likely outcome. Second to your guys's point, Caleb Houston's horrible as, as a college player. I, I guess I shouldn't speak on what I think he could do with the NBA. He might be better. I don't know. Uh, if he shoots the ball well, like he has some value there, but as a college prospect, he was horrendous relative to what his expectations were. He came in as like a lock first round guy, potential lottery guy, he leaves literally 50-50 if he's even going to get drafted. If you don't have a promise and you're being mocked as a fringe get drafted guy, I don't care how bad you think you're going to test at the combine. Not going to the combine's not going to help you get drafted. <laughs> like this isn't a situation where he he thinks he's going to for sure get picked in the early second round and yeah, he knows he can't jump, so don't go to the combine, it doesn't matter, he'll get a con like he might not get drafted. Yeah, at some point, like you either need to play well on a basketball court or you need to go do something for basketball people to see on a basketball court. Like it, it makes it makes zero sense to me, G, why he's not coming back, honestly. Like literally all you have to do, you know, if I'm in his circle, I'm like, all right, Caleb, that was a tough year. Like, no sugarcoating it. You were you were ass, a two pack of ass. We love you, but you are a two pack of Canadian ass. Go back, play with Hunter Dickinson. Get open shots that you're going to get and just knock down a couple threes and we'll probably get you in a higher draft position. That's all you got to do. If he hit it, if he hits at a close to 40% clip, which he is more than capable of, I think, like he could guarantee himself to be drafted in the first round, I think. At worst. I mean, you're 6'8 and you're a knockdown shooter. That, that will get you drafted in the first round. But after this year, it's just like, God damn. But if he comes back and has another bad year, he's in the same spot he is now. <laughs> Shit, undrafted. Yeah, like, fuck it. And, and, and I do think like he does have the benefit of being at Michigan, where you'll probably make more money 
just off of like NIL stuff than you would on a second round contract. I think that requires him to have some sort of marketability and personality though. Caleb Houston That's is true. He's he's not a real though. person. Yeah, he's just like at least Hunter Dickinson can come back, be a douchebag, be a villain, put big dick all over his shirts and like make millions of dollars. Caleb Whoa. Houston, like what the what the fuck is Caleb Houston's brand, Carter? Like yeah, ugly. <laughs> what's he gonna do? <laughs> uh like maple syrup chase out of use, that's what you call him. Like if he embraced that, who knows? Like rival fans he, might buy something. He could get a clear sill sponsorship, something to clear okay. up something to clear up that hackney. All right. Uh, the thing, the thing with the the whole promise stuff, and like he very likely could have a promise, um, but like we kind of talked about this yesterday, Greg. Like the draft is very weird this year in the sense that like after like ten ish, eleven, like you can kind of get anybody, <laughs> and like it kind of makes sense. And so like if he has a promise at like twenty six or twenty seven. There could very easily be a guy on, like, for example, the Grizzlies pick there. So I'm just going to say the Grizzlies. Like, if if the promise is the Grizzlies and they have a guy who they have, like, they think is, like, top 12 on their board that slips down there, like, they're not picking Caleb Houston. And so I, like, especially for a player like him, who, like, you, you're basing everything on, like, how he played – he didn't even, like he played all right for FIBA. How he played at like Montverde on one of the best teams like ever. <laughs> um, you're just kind of basing it on that. Like I don't, I don't think the promise, even if it's there, is like a guarantee still. And so I don't know. I I'm not a fan of him skipping the combine. I don't think it would have like exposed him or anything. And the thing is, like GMs don't also don't weigh like combine games like that. But, like, for a five-star who was, like, super skilled, had a bad year, if he were to go to those combine games and suck, I don't think it would hurt him that much. But if he were to go to those combine games and, like, play really well, I think it, like, a couple teams turn their eye a little bit and they say, okay, like, maybe we should start thinking about him in that late first round, early second round. Yeah, that's the thing to me is, like, if you're if you're a kid who thinks you could get picked in the lottery – and you also think you might perform poorly at the combine, then don't go to the combine. Like, it, it may, if you're a Monty Bates a year ago, sure, just like wrap yourself in aluminum foil and never play basketball for two years and see if you get picked 14th overall. That might happen. But like, that's not Caleb Houston now. So like, I I just don't get it. Like, it if everyone in his camp consensus believes that oh playing five on five in front of an audience that's not where Caleb Houston's going to perform well jumping lateral speed tests that's not where Caleb Houston's going to perform well like wh- where is he going to perform well <laughs> like that's that's basketball right you got to go play five on five last i checked like the nba is a shooting drill he's not <laughs> he stinks he stinks right but that's this is why it makes no sense like it to your point, Nima, like you, if you're going to get picked in the 50s or 60th overall or later, meaning you're not drafted, you got to go outperform somewhere. Like you had a horrible year in college. Right now, you might not get drafted. And if a team promises you that they're going to take you right now, that's got to mean it's a second round promise or a late second round promise. And to me, that's like that's like the girl that I'm friends with in high school being like, oh, like if neither one of us are married by 30, we'll get married. Like, you know what? By the time we're fucking 30, we're probably going to find someone better. Okay? Like, that never happens. So whoever promised you that you're getting picked in the 50s, no. Someone better is going to be there than Caleb fucking Houston. Yeah, you just reminded me of uh, a couple people from my past, unfortunately. Um, I mean, that's, I was about to say the same thing. I've, I've actually got a couple of those promises out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, like, that's, th- those promises are cute as shit, right? Everybody makes them. Like... Yeah, I think I think one of them got married this year, so that's funny. Right, it uh, do, it doesn't happen, and that's like no. how naive can Caleb Houston and his camp be? And in I, I in, in five years, Greg Caleb Houston, you ever seen those Balls Life like park takeover videos? He's gonna be playing with K Showtime and Balls Life East Coast Squad, just playing, playing at local parks. He doesn't have that personality, bro. He's gonna be playing in Taiwan. He would probably stink in Taiwan too. Caleb Houston just stinks. 
He does. He doesn't stink. He stinks. He doesn't stink. We're not now. We're swinging too far. He had a bad year. I still like. I think he could be an end up bench guy in the league and make shots. Like, I don't know. Shit. If Max Struess can do what he's doing, like, why can't Caleb Houston do that? I, Max let's respect. Let's respect Max Struess, please, and not loop and not loop him in with Caleb Houston. I'm just saying it's situation, right? If he gets drafted on a team that does well with shooters who can't do shit but shoot, he'll probably be fine. If he gets thrown, like if the Sacramento Kings gave him a promise, he might as well get that paycheck and retire a week later. Yeah. And honestly, that's a very Kings thing to do. Yeah. Fucking, I, ugh, what a time. What a time to be a Michigan fan. We went from, we're going to have Terrence Shannon and Caleb Houston and Amani Bates to, oh, shit. We have Princeton's point guard, Hunter Dickinson, who's annoying, and nobody else. Wah, wah, wah. There's a, there's a, there's a lot, a lot of other people in worse positions than you, all right? So you're not going to get any sympathy. Not is, uh, is Musa staying in the draft? I'd assume so. He's going to participate in the combine. All of the talk has been that he's gone for weeks upon end now. So It's kind of silly. I think he should return. That's the thing. is like uh, almost everybody, at least in college media, was like, both these guys should return. They have a lot to prove. and they At least Musa is going to test well, though. Yeah, I think I, like, I, most of the Big Ten guys outside of like the like Johnny Davis, Keegan Murray, Jaden Ivey's, like – I think a lot of them should be returning. Please respect, not. please respect EJ Liddell in this room. Yeah, I mean EJ Liddell at this point has to. Um, I don't think he plays better than he does this year. Like that was great, but like him, Branham, like Branham's been picking up a lot of like hype, and I think he might go first round. But like he's also so young that he could return next year, be like a potentially Big Ten Player of the Year, and like. Golato, but I don't know. Big Ten guys. I think I think Brandon's like done. Like I think when he announced, he said he's not coming back. He's not. He's not going back. No, he's okay. like he's one hundred percent in the draft. Um, That's what I thought. Okay. Which I think like shouldn't be the case, but I mean I'm sure he's probably going to go first round. So Nima, did did you go. see that? Uh, I, you might have saw it on your timeline that tweet about uh his splits after like those first ten games of the season of his freshman year. Uh no I did not. What was it? Oh dude, it's crazy. Like, um uh, actually y'all keep talking. I'm gonna see if I can find it, but the numbers were wild. I'm sure they were because his numbers already are like really good. So you know, in the first ten, like he. Was not very good. So, <laughs> why do we think right, Musa should? Why, why do you want Musa to come back, Greg? I, I mean, morning, ML. I guess I don't know that I do. Yeah, good morning, ML. First of all, uh, I, I just want somebody good at Michigan. <laughs> it's my selfish fan perspective, and they have nobody good except for Hunter right now. Uh, and two, I do think like setting the fandom aside here, like to me, both Diabate and Houston are prospects that are capable of playing their way into being a first round selection in the draft. And my stance has always been that if you can get drafted in the first round, no matter what the circumstances are, you should go. Like if you're in the 20s, you should never come back another year to try to get in the 10s. But if you're like a mocked late 45 to 60 range and you actually have the ceiling of being a first round guy, I mean, getting a first round contract matters compared to being a second round guy in the NBA. And to me, like Diabate is a dude who's going to test well. He's a dude who I think has a really high NBA ceiling. I still don't know what position he is, but I, I, I think like, just athletically and physically, the gifts that he has are NBA level. He needs to figure out some shit between the ears. And the truth is playing next to Hunter Dickinson is never going to help him do that. So to me, like as soon as Dickinson announced he was back, it makes sense that Diabate would be two feet out the door. Uh, But again, like if he were able to come back in college, play a year as a true five 
and put up some real numbers, I think he could be a no-brainer first-round pick one year from now. And same with Houston. Like, he, Houston sucked this year as a shooter on a bad team, and if he was the second option next year and shot 42%, he's a first-round guy, no-brainer. The thing is, like Nima said, he might never do that. He might just not be that good. Um, Greg, I have a question for you. What are your, who do you like better between Diabate and Suhan? Who's the second one? Su- you said Suhan. Is- okay. I, yeah. Got it. Is it Suhan? I thought it was Sochan. <laughs> I think it's so, I think it's Sochan, isn't it? No, or so uh, I think, uh, rich like Mavs draft asked him one day and he said, it's like, or it's Suhan. It's like hand. Uh, it's Suhan. Uh, I never I'm taking, so, I'm taking I'm taking Suhan. I yeah, but you you said you said you think Diabate's like ceiling is really high. I think they're kind of similar in terms of how they play. So I'm I'm curious as to where you think they are compared to each other. I think Suhan's better right now. Uh I think I might take a risk on Diabate as a higher ceiling guy going forward though. But I I don't know. Like Suhan to me Every time I watched him, he felt like he was a little bit out of control. And I guess that applies to Diabate, too. Like, I don't know. Diabate made some pretty wild, like, play-by-play type decisions, like shooting with 30 seconds on the shot clock and trying some ridiculous shit and missing defensive rotations. But I don't know. I I feel like, to me, Diabate, and maybe this is just because I'm more familiar with him, like, to me, he could be – a true like mobile five in the NBA. And I don't know that I think Suhan could actually do that. Like, I think he has to be a four and I don't know that he can really shoot. I don't know. I could, I see Diabate being more positionally fluid in the league. Diabate could be Brandon Clark, right? I mean, I don't, I don't think that's too out of the realm to think that he can be a six, seventh main contributor on a, on a playoffs team. Like once he, I mean, he, I mean, I know he's a little bit older right now, but we're talking about a time he's 24 years old. I think that's about right for him. Well, what about Suhan? What do you think about him? I don't – I like Suhan better than I like Kendall Brown, I'll tell you that much. I do too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like Kendall Brown's game at all. I don't know – I I try to think about, like, what it is that – like, what is he good at? Not even, like, what he excels at. I actually don't know what – Kendall Brown excels at. It's like I like the idea of Kendall Brown um, in terms of like I can help mold him as a player, but I don't know what he brings to a table right now. Yeah, he's very uh, mid at everything. And I don't know. Some teams could use that. I mean, like, I, I think that like that's kind of a good thing to have. It reminds me of like Chandler Parsons, how he was like not good at anything, but it, well, he was a decent shooter. Um, but he was like not really good at anything. His like first year in the league but he just played hard and would go out there and average like nine five and three um and i can see kendall brown doing that i mean that's basically what he did for baylor he just played hard (laughs) he went out there sweat came out with like nine points and five rebounds and walked off um i yeah I, i mean i like i like diabate I honestly don't have him ranked at the moment because I did not think he would be a player who would stay in. If he does stay in, I'd probably have him like early second round, maybe like top 10 picks in the second round. I think I like him more than Mark Williams. I'm not a big fan of centers. Um, I have Suhan 20 and I just think he's a really good defender. He shot 8% better than uh, Diabate from three this year, but it it looks way fucking worse though. So uh, (laughs) that might just, that might just be a low sample size for both of them type of thing. Yeah. The thing with Diabate for me is like, he, uh, he looks the part kind of like car. This is kind of what we were saying when we did the Max Christie shit. Like, you watch him and he's so fluid and like he'll do some footwork shit sometimes where you're just like, holy shit, that was an NBA move. Like, I mean, he's done like some size up from the perimeter, triple threat, rip through, get all the way to the rim, dunk on a dude's head, like catch at the high post, turn, like spin move shit. He he has some of that, but 
I don't think he's particularly smart as far as like game flow goes. Like he was often out of position. And again, the offensive fit between him and Dickinson just never worked because Dickinson was going to be most effective on the block and Diabate kind of floating on the perimeter as a 19 year old kid or however old he is just was not it for him. It didn't help showcase his skill set really at all. Um, so I don't know. I I still think he's worth a flyer. Uh, I do think he's like he's gone. I'd be shocked at this point he, if he came back to Michigan. Uh, and part of the thing with him and Houston both, like they're international guys. Like I I think they fully intended on being one and done's at Michigan. Uh, you know they came in as part of that number one in the country recruiting class. Last year was supposed to be a big win it all type year that never matriculated at all from Michigan. But like, I don't think these guys ever really intended on being around for two years. And even though their draft stock isn't where it was, like I think they both view themselves as pros and always have, whether that's true or not, we have to wait and see. Uh, I do. Coy asked a little bit ago, if we could also touch on Chris Murray, uh, who, I mean, shit, could he turn into a star next year? Maybe if he comes back to college, uh, I like Chris a lot. I think he can do almost everything Keegan Murray can do. Just he's not the same shot maker right now. Uh, Nima doesn't love Keegan Murray. Spoiler alert. He, he's not super high on him, but I won't speak for you, Nima. What do you think Chris Murray is going to do if he's not going to the combine? I agree with you. Um, I think that he should return, come back one year. He'll be – 23 at the start of his rookie season if he were to return which like isn't that bad um it's not that great but like i think he returned he should return next year and essentially just take his brother's role um and i his numbers probably won't be the same it'll be a little bit different because i don't think he is the shot maker keegan is i agree um but he could i don't think he's a guy who gets drafted this year he probably gets a two-way um if he were to return i could see him becoming like in that first round conversation um i just i just don't see a team wanting to really bring him on unless it's like late second round and they don't like any of these other like kind of upside guys the the fact that he is going to be 22 at the end of the year is sort of the problem with him like you're 22 years old you average nine points per game yeah you didn't play that much um and yes it was like kind of an off-ball role but like when there's other 22 year olds at the end of the draft who are going and averaging like 16 points per game leading their team similar skill sets maybe even better skill sets why do we pick you um and so i think that's kind of like what's going to be his problem as it gets further and further down the draft i can see him getting a two-way but I think he should just return, be the guy at Iowa next year, and like hopefully you see a similar run to what Keegan had. And does he become like a lotto guy like Keegan is right now? I don't think so, but I could definitely see him at least get into like the top 40, which for him is definitely a win because that's not going to happen right there, now. There's one thing for me uh, quick on Chris Murray, Nima. Um, I... I do think that ideally it'd be nice for him to come back and be like in that what you call like high usage star role, kind of what Keegan was this year. But on the other hand, like you said it, like he'll be 23 if he comes out next year. Right now, I think his draft stock is doing honestly nothing but just rising off purely people just projecting what he would do next year if he did come back to Iowa. But there's like also some other factors in this. Like I was going to stink next year. Like they're going to be really bad. Like they're losing Bohannon. They're losing Keegan Murray, obviously. I mean, they lost some other pieces from the team that, I mean, even if you want to make an argument, but like, does he really want to come back to play with Tony Perkins and Max Sanford or whatever that dude's name is? Like, Are we, are we sure they're going to stink? I think, I think I was going to stink next year. So here, here's my counter to that, and you know I'm an Iowa fan. I do. I can't wait to hear uh, this. No, here, here's my counter to that is the Big Ten fucking sucks next year. Like, a, a team that has Chris Murray and just a couple competent guys around him might be top half in the Big Ten, 
and make the NCAA tournament and they're fine. Like even if they lose in the first round, like they always do with Fran McCaffrey, like who cares? Like the one thing that Fran has done that we have to give him credit for is make Luca Garza the national player of the year, basically two years in a row, followed by make Keegan Murray the national player of the year the next year. Like it's not out of the question that Chris Murray does that. It sounds crazy to say, but like if Chris Murray comes back and he's the guy at Iowa, I mean, he's going to average like 24 and 10 and three minimum, if uh, hopefully on good percentages. Um, and look, I know you were joking about it and you got his name wrong, but like they have some dudes like that Peyton Sanford kid's going to be good. So I just want to chime in real quick on Chris Murray. I think some things are a little bit lost on his evaluation about what he was last year. Um, talking about not being the shooter that Keegan is and all that. In under 18 minutes a game, he averaged 9.7 points and four and a half rebounds. Um, obviously, you'd see him projecting really well next year. But from a, if you're a GM and you're speaking from a GM's perspective, if you're saying to yourself, well, I think it's likely he just becomes what Keegan Murray was. And Keegan Murray's a guy we're like willing to take in top 15 picks. Why wouldn't you tell Chris, hey, we'll take you at 40? Because you don't know that. And then there's guys who... Well, I, again, I don't think that he becomes what Keegan Murray was. I think he becomes slightly worse than that. Um, but there's guys who are in the draft already proving that, proved that, that they can do similar things on teams uh, that will be available in that range. Or there's players that are way younger who have had similar production to, uh, to Chris, maybe not as many like points per minute or whatever, but still decent production. Um that are just like much younger and you'd rather take that instead of a second round contract. Yeah, I can understand the, the, the much younger argument for sure. But I also think that's the argument for Chris Murray to stay in the draft, right? Like I'm already 22 by the time I'm, if I can go in the second round, by the time I'm trying to get a second contract, you know, I'm 26, 27, um, delaying that by a year doesn't help you at all. So I think um, there's like a, I mean, we've ahead. seen it, we've seen it work like Davion Mitchell stayed and win nine. Sure, but is that the exception or the rule? I don't. Right. I think I think there's like one or two guys per year. Hold on one second. I think specific to the context of Chris's situation at Iowa, though, it, I to me you have to come back because the only thing you can point to is the two guys who became National Player of the Year. One of them being a guy who has essentially the same skill set and frame you do at the same age, like. If you just become 80% of what Keegan was last year, he's a first-round pick next year, guaranteed. So this year, like, so last year there was Davion Mitchell. I'm sure there was others I'm blanking on, but Davion Mitchell is just, like, the big one. This year, like, Alondis Williams, for example, is going to be 23 on draft night. Um, Was not a draftable player last season. And he's being seen as a first-round pick like top 40. Um, so that's like another guy who like, I think there's like one or two guys every year and just about being in the right situation to do so. I think Chris is in the right situation to do so. And so I, I just think it's, it's a better idea for him to stay if he wants, or, uh, yeah, to stay in Iowa. If he wants to declare, you know, go for it. Hopefully you have a couple good workouts and you do get picked in that like 40 to 60 range. Um, I don't know. Me personally, I'd probably go for either a younger guy or someone who's already proved it. Because, again, you're you're telling yourself, like, yes, I think that Chris Murray will come back and do the same thing or that like or something similar to what Keegan did. But we don't know that. Similar to how you like how we said, like, Caleb Houston could go back and, you know, be, be a top scoring option on Michigan and go up to the top 20. He could come back and stink again and not get drafted. Um, I trust Chris is like, like you said, nine points in 18 minutes. That's really good. He'd have a higher role too. Um, he'd have more minutes. So you're probably seeing him close to about 20 points per game. Like I think that projecting him to do more is a little bit better than like saying Caleb Houston can do a lot, but like, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, and so I'd, I think that Chris should bet on himself and say, I can go back and do it. Like from his perspective, he should bet on himself and say, like, I can go back, do this and end up becoming like a top 40 player because like 
age matters at the lottery, but once you get into like late first round, early second round, like it doesn't. If if you prove that you're a good player, you're gonna get picked. They're they are different players, but there is nothing wrong with Chris Murray and doing the same arc as Abaji did at Kansas, and that's yeah. how I that's how I feel like the parallels are there. And now it's like we absolutely there's no way Abaji doesn't go. If he gets to the twenties, there's a there's a problem. Like we there's something that we don't know about in his medical history. But that's how I feel like Kurt, uh, Chris Murray's jump can be next year. Yeah, I agree. Kurt, you've you've been silent since we all uh, started talking pro Chris Murray going back to school stuff here. Uh, have we changed your mind at all? <laughs> I, I just don't feel as high as far as. Iowa as a as a whole next year. I really think Iowa's going to be really. I mean, I know you said the Big Ten is going to be down in general, but I think Iowa's going to be down worse than others. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe the truth is everybody stinks. Yeah, I don't know. Also, like, also, like I thought that. Well, I guess I didn't look at it, but to me, I thought that Chris Murray would maybe be able to sneak into that like high second round. Like I, I feel like a team would take a, would definitely take a flyer on him early second round. Does he necessarily play himself into the first round next year? Maybe just because the stats will be there, so I can see that where y'all coming from there. But as far as anything else, he'll just be a year older and have a year of high usage. So just uh, these are just some guys that I have kind of listed outside the top sixty that I want to ask if you would take them over Chris Murray. Uh, would you take Isaiah Wong over Chris Murray? No. No. Would you take David? Would you take David Roddy over Chris Murray? No. Yes. Would you take uh, Would you take Caleb Houston over Chris Murray? Fuck no. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, would you take John? No. <laughs> would you take Juzang over Chris Murray? No. no. Would you take Hyunjung Lee over Chris Murray? No. no. Would you take Coloco over Chris Murray? No. no. Okay, so, like, he's probably in that, like, late first – yeah, like, he could go late second round. Is that what he wants is, my is like, the question. Like, do you just want well, to get picked? I, yeah. Is your goal to go 59? Yeah, but why do I feel like he could go in the 40s or, like, high second round? All right, I'll name some guys over there. Would you take right, – You didn't mention any international stat, like, guys, by the way. Did you notice that, Nima? Like – that's another thing. Like there will be scouts. Oh yeah, and also you know yeah, in in the fifties, international guys go like fucking free cigarettes on the and street. two less picks, right? Like, this year, correct? And two less picks. Yeah, there's fifty eight yeah. picks, not sixty. So Chris got to go back. So yeah, like those are just guys that I have out right, like right outside the draft. Um, guys that I have in the second round. Would you take Jake Laravia over Chris Murray? No. Really? I would. I love um, Moravia. That's that's like my darling of this draft. Would you take all, Kenny all Chandler? Chorus, guys. Would you take Kenny Chandler over Chris Murray? No. 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 Really? Wow. Would you I'm take a yes. I'm a yes. Over it's close it's, it's close for me, but I'm saying no. Would you take a so would you take a Londis over Chris Murray? No. I don't think so. Wow. Wow. Would you, Actually, you do, wait, I, wait, I changed that. I'm taking Alondis over Chris Murray. Okay. Um, Christian Braun. Brown. Chris Hell Murray. no. Chris Murray. Wow. And I don't think that's close. Emma, where, where are you on that? Emma, where are you on that? Dog, I, I think I think CB is going to be a top yeah. 35 guy. I like that's, him a lot. I think he all. translates really well. Top white, bo- Top white boy on my board. Uh, he's gonna his his numbers are gonna be better than what people think too. I take I take I take, I take Laravia over Christian Braun while we're talking white players. By the way, I have them back to back, so yeah, you know I feel you. Um, Jalen Williams, either of them, Santa Clara and Arkansas. Chris Murray for both. <laughs> yeah, same. Wow, Champagne. I hate this. The, I don't like this entire range though. We kind of talked about this last night, Nima. Like. I, yeah, the, the draft is top heavy to me, man. And if if so I'm do you, going do you just round, take, I'm going ceiling. 
But Chris Murray's older than all these guys by like two years. I I get that, but like I still think he has a way higher hypothetical ceiling. Do you do you, do you, do you take Champagne? Do you take Champagne over Chris Murray? No. Come on. Wait, I need to work harder on this. I yeah. would be Carter on this. I'm taking Chris Murray over Champagne. Oh, bro. Oh, my God. Uh, dog. Also, wait. Hey, Nemo. Champagne? Nemo, where do you have Keegan going in the first round? I have like, what team? What, what, what team? Uh, I don't know what team. I haven't done, like, a mock. I just have Okay. Well, I'll tell you right now. Chris, I, I, Chris, I talked, it, it, whatever whatever team the... picks Keegan, they might, just, might as well just pick Chris in the second round. I think and I, I I could I think that's probably what's gonna, what might end up happening honestly. Um, but I told Greg yesterday that like there's guys on my big board that I do not think get picked where I have them. Like I have Dyson Daniels very high. I think he probably goes like ten to twelve range or like after nine. Um, like I have Agbaji pretty low. I think he gets picked like top eighteen. So. Like I need to, I want to go through and do a mock and think about like what I think each team would do. Um, I would imagine Keegan Murray goes like top seven or eight, probably seven or eight. By the way, Car, I have a new uh, comp for Keegan Murray. I'd like to share with you. Let's hear it. Six foot eight, Al Horford. I'm not mad at that. You said you said quiet Al Horford last night. <laughs> quiet Al Horford. Quiet, quiet Al Horford. That's, That's right. I heard that. Quiet like, hey, Al Horford. Why like, That's funny. I kind of like um, that comp, though. Yeah. Uh, I, I see it. Sorry. I just here's, – here's my last thing on Chris, like, because we just spent 20 minutes talking about Chris fucking Murray. Uh, like, I, I think all those dudes you named, for the most part, Nima, are, like, good, not great, one-sided college players. Like, they're just, like, bucket getter two-slash-threes at the college level that, like, aren't three-and-D guys and aren't primary option scorer NBA guys. Like if I'm drafting a role player, I at least want that role player to be like a two-sided guy who's versatile positionally, who has shooting upside and defensive upside. And to me, Chris Murray has more of that than all those guys. I think some of the guys I named have more of that. Like Christian Braun is like a great defender. Brown is a great defender. Y'all are Um, blinded by Christian Brown because he fits ML's – favorite archetypes. Listen, Pat Connaughton needs to be replaced. It's going to happen. Um, I Wait, I, I just – I want to stick on the Chris Murray thing for like two more minutes real quick. I just want to ask a couple more guys because I'm very curious. You guys might have him very hot. Uh, <laughs> would you take uh, Blake Wesley over Chris Murray? Yeah, 100%. No. Carter. Uh, Harrison Wait, Ingram. Oh, I'm sorry. I might have I might have misheard that. Is Greg saying he's taking Blake Wesley over Chris Murray? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Th- that's what I'm saying too. I'm sorry. Okay. My apologies. You know I'm thinking uh, about half a sleeper media. I'm yeah, saying half a sleeper media. We know this. I almost turned in. I just was. I'm like, oh, yo, Side note: I, I really like Blake Wesley. By the way, like, me too. I, I would not hate yeah. if he snuck into the lottery. I'm kind of sick that him and JJ Starling aren't going to play together next year. That Notre Dame team would have been really good. And Cormac Ryan, the good Cormac. Side note, shout out Mike Bray for just straight up shitting on everyone Facts. who's complaining about the portal. Love my, like, my king. I fucking yeah. love Mike Bray and Thad don't, don't care. Embrace it. Embrace it. By the way, great interview by Thad Motto on Field of 68, by the way, yesterday. A little plug. Appreciate you, ML. Uh, Nima, okay, continue with your game. Uh, Harrison Ingram. Uh, uh, maybe. Come on, dog. Come on, uh, dog. Uh, come I'm on, take, come I'm on. Take, I'm taking Ingram. I'm taking Ingram. I'm taking okay. Ingram. I'm, I'm kind of out on Ingram, but I. I oh, Greg Salty. Come Greg on, Salty dog. didn't go to Michigan. Greg Salty. <laughs> oh, I'm not salty. I'm, I'm, I'm salty that Stanford stunk. Like <laughs> they always do. Please stop. Top prospects stop going to Stanford. 
please stop going to middling bad Pac-12 schools for the love of God. Stan- Stanford is a mom decision. Like mo- mom said to go to Stanford. Max Christie would do great at Stanford. Max Christie probably should have gone to Stanford. Agree with that. He should have gone to Harvard. I think he would have killed the Ivy League. Looks the part. Uh, Jordan Hall, St. Joseph's. I'll take Chris. I'll take Chris too. Even though I like Jordan, I like Jordan Hall a lot, but I'll take Chris. Like you're talking Chris about like Reed. six eight skilled wings, like or skilled yeah, guys. Yeah, who, like, play yeah. Like, doing it. Jordan, Jordan Hall doing it at St. Joe's. That's Chris. Yeah, but six skilled wing. That's Chris. Yeah, that is. That's also Jordan Hall, and I think he's like an I like, incredible I like, playmaker. This isn't fair because I like. I like all these guys for the most part. <laughs> you guys might have like Chris Murray as like a first round pick. Because <laughs> like, uh, I named like almost everybody in the second round and y'all said Chris Murray for almost all of them. So I, I hate the second round of this draft in general and I am notoriously pro twin. So that's definitely <laughs> here. Uh, I'm also pro Iowa. That's definitely factoring in here. But I don't I don't want the listeners to think I'm Big Ten biased here because like if we could play the same game with Johnny Davis, I would take like everyone in the first round over Johnny. If there's a couple guys you just named, I'd take over Johnny Davis, Nemo. <laughs> yeah. we gotta get Carter as a guest on that. Yeah, I need, show I, need for to, the... I need to hear uh Carter's takes on Johnny Davis. Uh but, um, ML, I want to ask you a question specific because we talked about him at the beginning of the year a lot. Uh, where would you take Peyton Watson in this draft? If he were to, if he were to go first round, he would have the worst stats of any first rounder in the history of the NBA draft. I can't do it. Coming out of college. Compared to Shaden Sharp with, like, no stats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, fair. <laughs> I ain't letting my agenda die. Peyton Watson first round for me. Mm. I'll die on the hill. You taking Peyton Watson over Chris Murray? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> oh. Yes. Yes, yes. Oh. Yes, I am. I am, I am not. You're not? Yeah, I'm not. Wow. Because I think I can get I think I can get Peyton Watson next year. Another in another form. Yeah, fair enough. Pa- pause. Coy, I, I, I would take Chris Murray <laughs> over Johnny Davis, by the way, in the comments. I, I think Johnny Davis is going to stink in the league. Wow. I need to watch more Wisconsin. Um, no, you don't. No, you don't. Wait. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I, I ain't sleeping on Under Armour, high usage, Jared Culver. <laughs> uh, last one. Uh, Josh Minot. Chris Murray. You want to talk? You want to talk about production in short amount of time? I'm pretty sure Josh Minot had the most points per minute. Yeah, I'd, I'd take Minot. I like him a lot. And he's like three years younger. Six eight. I'm so surprised that Greg's taking. Hey, I'd really age, thought he'd go Chris Murray there. Age is just a construct, you guys. Okay, I want good basketball mm. players. I don't want 17 year olds that can't play basketball. But Minot he can is not one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. I like Minot. A bunch of high schoolers were the X. 14 minutes, 14 minutes a game, seven points, uh, four rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. Pretty good. Pretty good, stats against, pretty good stats against Tulane. Cart, those Hell per yeah, 40 man. numbers are banging. I don't even need to. Oh, per, oh, no, oh my God. We are, per, I was waiting for the poor four. four Per 40 to come up during this episode. I thought we'd make per, it through without mentioning it, but here we go. Per 40, 18, 10, two and a half, two, two, two. Those are killer numbers, Cart. <laughs> sounds like, sound, hey, hey, give me Chris Murray's per 40. Actually, yeah. Let me Can I'm I throw up that? What if Johnny Davis goes to like the Spurs? Is he better than Lonnie Walker the fourth? No, no, no. Uh, no. If, Johnny, if Johnny Davis goes to the Spurs, he is the worst guard in their rotation. Literally, I'd I'd rather play Keldon Johnson. Uh, they than Johnny are. Davis. Hold on, my bad, my fault. My computer messed up. Mm, uh, been downloading a lot of stuff. Yeah, dude. Twenty-two. So twenty-two, ten, two, two, and two. So four more points, a little less rebounds. Like point eight. Yeah, two more points. Or no, sorry. Yeah, 
Four more Those points. Those are pretty nice, and I would point, actually project Chris Murray rebounds. to be a better. I would actually project him to be a better, a better defender than Chris Murray is the better well. shooter though by like a healthy margin. Josh Minot never shoots threes, um, but I think he can. How tall Murray, is Minot? Murray shot sixty four percent at the free throw line. They're both six eight. Okay. Minot shot seventy five percent at the free throw line. 14% from three, though. Murray shot like 37%. Give me Jake LaRavia over both. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I know we loved Wake Forest card, but come on. Like, Bro, it, it just, just know if this LaRavia jersey ever comes in from DH Gate, it might take a while. He might be in his third year as a pro by then. But just know LaRavia Hive is here, and I'm the leader. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of white privilege going on with some of these evals. Uh, Christian Brown and Jake LaRavia, man. I don't know about that. They're the only two white people I have on my board that aren't from Europe. Um, and even then, I think I only have like four hey, white Europeans on my board. Y- y'all, might, y'all might want to remind Christian quick, Brown that he is white, by the way. Quick question. Um, when's the Buddy Beheim Drunk Scouts coming out? Never ever. I need it. I need it. You can do one like every time uh, Beheim takes his tie off, you take a shot. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't I, think it's. A, I, I just don't know. It's a good taste to do it with scouts and with a with a Beheim. I'll, I'll commit to doing a buddy Beheim drawing scouts if Nima also participate in that episode. If I enjoyed it, I might get banned from Syracuse. But I, I hope you know in Drunk Scouts we do we do a shot for every three pointer. So if we pick a buddy if we pick a buddy game, we are gonna be toasted. That sounds honestly great. a buddy Beheim Drunk Scouts would just end up with us calling him like Wally Zerby a terrorist with oh. better <laughs> I don't know. I'm in. Uh man. All right well this is I think fun. Buddy gets a two way Nima, can you can you plug the draft show we recorded last night for the people? Yeah, so uh, draft lottery is in six days. On that day, uh, I will be dropping my big board as well as hopefully some writing um, on the big board as well as a podcast with Greg himself. Uh, we will be going through my lotto and then uh, releasing kind of the rest of – the big board after that, as well as uh, some player evals. We'll be uh, doing some updates uh, as we get closer to the draft as well. Um, coming out the same day as the lottery, so that morning. So check out for it on Multiplicity Media on Twitter, uh, my Twitter, Greg's Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Carter, has anybody ever told you that you sort of carry yourself like the third Murray twin, except like if you liked book club more than basketball? Has anyone ever told you that you carry yourself like a team manager who's a walk-on, but he actually isn't a walk-on? I got to dissect that one. I'm not sure what you meant there, but uh, (laughs) it's okay. Uh, Okay. This is fun. Multiplicity morning show every Tuesday, Wednesday. Can we, can we end this with with you saying something nice about me? How are you going to end by calling me the third twin? That's shitty. I actually, I just saw him in the the Cooper man. Is David Klein. Okay. DK was in his feelings last night, by the way, the therapy show for Michigan state basketball. And it's may. Oh, that's no. Cra- that's crazy. ML, Wait, we're not going to stand through that. Hey, hold on. No, no, no. ML, how do you divide up your time between what spaces you go to to defend each of your teams? Because, like, what if, like, a Butler space, a Dayton space, and a Lakers space, and all these other teams are going on at the same time? How do you choose which one you, you know, go to? I go and watch Netflix. <laughs> oh, okay. Just one. No, I mean, I understand. I, no, I just making sure y'all are good. I'm not hating. I literally, that was a nice thing. I was not shooting Oh, that shots. was, oh, I'm, oh, I'm a nice oh, guy. Was, oh, I'm a nice oh, that guy. Was, not, oh, that was nice. Okay. I saw you up there. Uh, somebody was sleepers media. I didn't know who was there. I just was, I was there supporting my friends. You know what? I will be where you are, Carter. How about that? I will be where you are in this space. I don't need a therapy session. I need drugs. I need the prescription. I need someone to, I need someone to solve this pain. Heal me. Okay. I don't need to talk about it anymore. 
can I do a quick plug real quick? No. Of course. Uh, this is I know this is NBA draft, folks, but um, tomorrow at eight, um, I'll be doing a, a, a room for the NFL schedule release. So come through um, and come predict how many games your team's going to win based on the schedule uh, or whatever. Let's chat NFL tomorrow, eight o'clock um, when the schedules drop. Weezy will also be on KSN Conversation, most likely for the uh, Grizzlies funeral with Mr. Hill Ford. Uh, everybody is welcome. And I think maybe we got to talk about some NFL schedule at that time as well. Why not? Yeah, there's a lot of content from all of us. I don't I, I don't want to say all of it right now, but in the immediate future, definitely go check out Nima and Greg's pod. Uh, yeah, NFL schedule release tomorrow at 8 and then Chaos and Conversation as well. Lots of good stuff coming up. Multiplicity Media at Multiplicity MD to follow all of this. Uh, let's end on this. ML, could you give the people an update on season four of Selling Sunset real quick? Let's chill. <laughs> let's chill. I have no idea what you're even talking about, but you know what? I just see Coach Mata, so I'm going to go dap him up. We just got to the gym together. Speaking so, of that, ML and Ocho Cinco got the same forehead. That's terrible. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. I don't even have any good rebuttals right now for Carter. It's cool. He's in more pain than I am. That's for damn sure. Yeah, his knees. Facts. We will, uh, we'll be back tomorrow with more slander sometime in the morning, hopefully slandering John Morant and the Grizzlies' funeral. Uh, all right, thanks, everybody, for listening. Peace.